Reggie. Welcome to episode 19 of Reggie's Comic Stories. Uh, episode number three of my ongoing look at the uh, hobby uh, of collecting anything, really. Uh, to date, uh, we're talking mainly about comic book collecting, which I think is a kind of covers a uh, you know span of types of collecting, reasons for collecting. Uh, but you know, I, we are going to branch out. Today's interview is with somebody who has been collecting comics for quite a long time, several decades. Uh, although, as you'll hear, and as is true of most collectors, uh, on and off, it doesn't wasn't a uh, ceaseless onslaught of comics. Um, but he is someone that has been collecting with his brother, and uh, still does to this day, which is, I think different than uh, many people's experience. I know for myself, uh, for comics, and really pretty much everything that I've ever collected, it's really been a solitary experience. Uh, as crazy as it is to think, I only really kind of like figured out, like, I bet there are people that like, like comics on the internet. I only figured that out about 10 years ago, uh, or so. So, you know, I really was kind of in a vacuum uh, reading books and just figuring out what I liked by, by picking things up. Uh, although, you know, I did have a brother growing up, and uh, a lot of people know, and if you don't know, you will find out now, that when I was a kid, my father worked for uh, as an editor in DC Comics for a brief time, uh, and during that time, he would bring home every week, or actually every two weeks, because he didn't feel like carrying them weekly, uh, every single comic from DC and Marvel. Uh, and the reason it was, of course, since he was an editor, he needed to know DC continuity. So he was expected to read all the DC books, and the Marvel was sort of a gratuity. I think they probably did the same thing uh, on, you know, for Marvel. Also, Marvel employees got all the DC books, I'm sure. Uh, also, it's probably just a matter of at the printer... It was, they didn't feel like separating them out, the uh, free bundles, so they just put them all together. Although I'll say that uh, the Marvel copies that I got had complimentary copies stamped on the front of them, and I'm sure DC did the same thing for the Marvel guys. So that by doing that, uh, sort of really cutting into their collectability value, I guess you could say, uh, kind of a fun, I, I, I always, I, even then I thought that was kind of a fun little dig at each other. Uh, you know, and I'm sure they had deals with each other to, uh, you know, get bundles of uh, unmarked copies if they so wanted. Uh, anyway, though, you know, my dad would bring these comics home, and uh, it's it's interesting because, you know, as a little kid, so I, I was like, oh, I don't know, eight, seven, eight, nine, something like that when he worked there, uh, and I really liked kid stuff. I liked Spider-Man. I remember I liked Batman. But I really liked uh, Spider-Ham when that came out, and Captain Carrot, and, uh, you know, kid comics, basically. Like, I was I was a kid, so this is what I wanted to read. Uh, you know, definitely would look at stuff like Teen Titans or the X-Men, and, you know, with derision, because I was like, that's just way too many words for me to really enjoy this right now. And I remember as a kid, for when I would collect, I, I there were a couple of issues of Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man that I really liked. One of them I remember, Scorpion was the uh, foe. And so what I did was I uh, took. I know this is sounds you know horrible to some people, but 
I took a three-hole puncher to the comics that I liked, and uh, after taking out the staple and separating them, I put them in binders. Uh, and this way, it, I hope to preserve them. And, you know, the reason I did that probably has something to do with having seen comics preserved in uh, trade collections already. So I thought that was, you know, that was the way you had to do it. But interestingly, it was actually my brother uh, who I speak about him in past sense because he did pass away some years ago now. But, uh, you know, he was really, he, I would say he kind of veered towards the mania side of collecting or the obsessive side, we'll say, because, uh, you know, when those comics would come in, my brother was, he would try to be very quick to grab the DC comics to get them into bags and boards and get them into a long box immediately without any, you know, with the minimum of touching. Uh, and then that was just, he just would collect. I don't even think he read them uh, at a certain point pretty early on. I, for me, it was purely an exercise in reading and I would read them and they would kind of gather up on my floor in my bedroom and my mom would go insane and throw them all out. That was sort of a common cycle for my young life. Uh, but he was interested immediately in collecting. He would take off in some of the best comics Comics that became my favorite comics, like Swamp Thing later on, uh, I would have to like rush to read that or else my brother would get it and file it, file it away and I wouldn't be able to get to it anymore. Um, and it, it, was, it just was interesting. Uh, so for me, it was still a solitary pursuit. You know, it, uh, even though my brother was doing the collecting, he, we never talked about comics. We never discussed the things that we read. Uh, he was four years older than me, so um, that was that may have had something to do with it, that he really was reading X-Men, and I'm reading funny animal comics or whatever the heck it was. So, you know, he probably he had nothing really pertinent to say to me about these things, but, you know, for me it was just a matter of, like, you know, here's two people living in the same house accruing a massive amount of comics, and we never thought to collaborate with each other and do something with it. Uh, I will tell you years later when uh, my brother uh, was, this is before he passed away, but when he was sick, I ended up selling uh, all the comics that had remained that hadn't been thrown out or, you know, something bad happened to them, uh, which was about 2,000 comics, and I sold them for a dime apiece for 200 bucks. Uh, but anyway, you know, like I say, comics collecting is, uh, or any collecting, there's definitely solitary aspects. While you may, uh, you know, know a lot of people, be part of a group of people that are like-minded collectors, uh, the actual act of collecting is solitary, you know? If you collect toys, you know, the cleaning and restoring of them, that's something you do alone. Uh, the bagging and boarding of comics, that's something you do alone. Uh, often the picking, you know, the, the going through people's garages to find... Uh, the artifacts the, the or the things that you want, that's something you do all by yourself. You know, you may display your wares to the public to an extent or to your friends and family, uh, but the act of collecting, I think, is sort of a, in general, a solitary act, but I do have an interview right now with a uh, fellow great friend and uh, great supporter of com stuff, uh, and many other great podcasts. He's just a kind of enthusiastic, uh, cheerful guy in the comics community online who was going to talk about his experience collecting comics, which was 
uh, tied in very closely with his brother. Uh, and it's something the two of them did do together. And to this day, uh, they sort of collect together also. But uh, so Jeremiah Jones Goldstein, I don't know why I was keeping it a big secret. I'm going to talk with him for about half an hour. Then I'll come back and wrap it all up. Everybody, uh, today I've got an interview for the show. A Jeremiah Jones Goldstein, great friend of uh, the show, friend of mine, great supporter for a long time. Uh, since I probably would forget at the end of our discussion, I'm going to say he's got a terrific blog over at comicscomicscomics.blog, and the blog is better than the URL, even, which is amazing. But uh, the blog is definitely worth checking out. It's sort of it's it's actually going to be germane to what we discussed today because it's sort of your recollections of of collecting comics. A lot of it, a lot of times as a uh, young person. But Jeremiah, uh, the re- and uh, say hello to the people. Good afternoon. <laughs> uh, so, you know, the reason I wanted you on today and kind of the focus of today's show is uh, collecting with other people. Um, you know, I think for many people, no matter what they collect, it is sort of a solitary pursuit, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You follow your own muse, as it were, but you sort of collect in tandem with your brother. Uh, and, and you still do. Can you can you tell us maybe how that began? Or do you have any early memories of you and your brother fiddling around with comic books? Sure. So it mostly started... Um, local stationery store and we would go in and we'd have you know 50 cents or a dollar from our parents and we could pick out a comic book or a candy bar a pack of cards or something like that mm-hmm. and we would buy you know just things that look good Star Wars comics I remember buying um, funny animal books Uncle Scrooge and the Disney comics that kind of thing uh-huh. and it, we just we just had comics around we would We'd read, we'd read them and share them. Um, I, my dad, I can remember reading me a comic in bed. It was one of my oldest comic book memories. Mm-hmm. I just remember having them um, very, very young, maybe you know, six or seven years yeah. old comics with my brother. You don't remember any time that you and your brother sort of definitively said, okay, from this point on, we are keeping uh, these comics in reasonable condition. Uh, I know that you, you guys have different attitudes about that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But was there any point that you can think of where it was like, okay, today I went from being a comics reader to a comics collector? It, it kind of happened when one day my mother and her friend came home and said they had found a new store devoted to selling comic books uh-huh it was in the next town over and it was a, a, a our local comic shop they had opened up and they took us there and it was all comic books we, we learned about a pull list uh-huh. um, you know they would save comics for us and that kind of thing and that i i don't think we ever said you know now we start collecting but it was when that opened that it opened our eyes to that world of collecting comics. Right. Now you saw back issues. Exactly. You, you could. It wasn't just what was at the stationery store. Although, 
at least in my stationery store, would often have comics, like, from the whole year. You could find a lot of, you know, not old, old comics, but you could find some old, uh, some comics from earlier in the year in the, in the racks, because they just hadn't really uh, circulated the merchandise too, uh, too reasonably. But, uh, so, about what age would you say that you did start collecting, you and your brother? I, I was probably seven or eight, maybe nine, and that would have put him um, six or seven. Okay, and, but it really happened at the same time. Yeah, definitely, because I don't ever remember a point where I was reading comics and he wasn't. It was, it was always something we just did together. Right. I can remember the first comic we collected, Okay. which, which was All-Star Squadron. We got an issue of it as a prize at our church Christmas fair, uh-huh. and it was just amazing. It wasn't, it wasn't Star Wars, and it wasn't you know Bugs Bunny. It was these superheroes, and it was completely different from anything we read. Yeah, that was the first thing we said. Oh, we need to find more of these. But you would still share them at that point, right? But, yeah, definitely. We 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 would share them. We would read each other's stuff. It wasn't like, you know, this is mine and that was his at that point. At some point after the comic store opened and we started going there and getting a pull list, that's when we started reading different things. Interesting. Because <clears throat> the opportunity was there, I suppose. Yeah. To yeah. Start being it, more it, selective. Yeah. Exactly. So I got into things like Gru the Wanderer and Spider-Man and Daredevil, and he got into the new Teen Titans and the X-Men and the Legion of Superheroes. He was big into those. And Mm. we would read each other's comics to a certain extent, but not... It was really at that point where we were reading the things we wanted to read and buying different books um there were still some things we should like dc who's who we both loved that okay we we would pass those back and forth all the time that's sort of a reference manual so that's like you Uh, you share the same dictionary you can share the same who's who kind of situation exactly so uh that that's that's really uh it's i gotta say from someone who had a, a a relationship with his sibling that was a little more acrimonious, and uh, I talk about that at the top of the show. Uh, it really is heartening to hear about these stories of you and your brother sharing and caring and reading together and you know talking about comics. And I think it definitely made the whole thing a lot more interesting than you. Do you remember ever there being kind of a competition between the two of you with collecting? Yeah, as we got a little more. Because we got a little older, so, you know, I'm getting into my teens now, and he's he's 10 or 11. Yeah. There was more, you know, we weren't exactly running down the sidewalk holding hands and skipping all the time. There were more, sure. <laughs> more arguments and more teasing. So I'm, we had plenty of arguments all, you know. Daredevil's better than Booster Gold, and why are you reading that stuff? That's silly. This is a, right. you know, the Punisher is a much, it's a darker, grittier comic. So there was a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, but there were still things we both liked that each other read, too. Like, I really loved the New Mutants comics he bought. 
Right. Uh, so it, 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 it went to both ends of the spectrum where I'm sure we had the arguments about can Superman beat the Flash and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, so there, there was plenty of that. Uh, you're, you're reading silly books. My comics are better. Plenty of that stuff. That's uh, that's really it's interesting because uh, you know you guys didn't split up along publisher lines, which I would expect to. Although it seems like you leaned more Marvel, he leaned more DC in those early days. But you had interest in a broader spectrum of comics, and because the two of you were collecting, you sort of doubled up your efforts. You know, yeah. I think you probably read more comics than you would have, or obviously you did, than if it was just you alone. Out there getting them. Yeah, there were. I definitely, for a long time, leaned more Marvel. I still liked Batman quite a bit, um, and my brother definitely leaned more DC. Um, you know, with the three team books I mentioned, but he got really into Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, Blue Devil, and a lot of those guys. Um, so yeah, there was a. A bit of a split across publishers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the, for for quite some time, too, until maybe up as far as when they started, um, say Marvel Knights and that kind of stuff, and that was right about when I was sort of getting out of comics for a little while. Right. But yeah, so there there was a definitely a a company split to a certain extent. To a certain extent, but you still you know dabbled. Yeah. On the other side of the aisle, and you had the opportunity because you had someone with you collecting, you know. Uh, I think that the people that do these things more solitary, that are kind of in a void, in a vacuum, these are the people you'll see will have, for example, oh, I don't know, every single f- issue of The Flash, or, or a big bulk of The Flash, but they don't really go outside that, uh, just to name, you know, a random character that you could have, whereas you have a broader... Understanding and your brother helped to bring you that. I, I, I want to mention too, before we go on too much longer, that you and your brother are about 20 months apart. That's so cool. you are really close in age. It's not like, you know, my brother and I were four years apart. And then, of course, there are, you know, families where they people are much further apart. So it wasn't like you were a uh, sensei. Do you do you think you kind of played a leadership role in the collecting? Do you think it was sort of your brother was doing your thing, or the other way around, or was, neither was the case, or how was it? I, in terms of collecting, um, I I think I was just naturally a more mature collector. For example, I like to keep my things organized, and I bagged and boarded. Yeah. Some of my favorite stuff, and he just kind of kept all his stuff mishmashed around. Um, I don't think I was a leader in that sense. It really always was something we did together. And you say, like, even later in life, he moved on to things like Vertigo and some more independent stuff than I did. And I was still reading beat em up comic books. Right. Um, so there were. There were certainly changes um, in what we read over the years, but I don't know that I led him or he led me one way or the other particularly. I think it's I think the way that you kept your comics is probably more owing to you being the older son, the first son, and he the second one. You know, it's sort of that that usually is how it seems to go. The the first kid 
is the one that's very neat and orderly, and then the rest of them are a bunch of slobs as we go down the line, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, so that really is, uh, it's, it's fascinating that how this thing has sort of bred itself and that you speak about it, not that I think you should be speaking about it in hysterics, but you speak about it very casually, and I think what I'm, what I'm getting a lot of is this was all very normal. You never really questioned the fact that you were keeping these very disposable, you know, bits of paper, really, you know. Uh, and I think that's something every comics collector, and really uh, any collector of things in general, has to face. Like, what what am I actually accruing here is just stuff, you know. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, roughly how, about how many comics do you think you and your brother sit on collectively? Right now, I've got in my collection... Um, 14,000 comics catalog with probably another say 3,000 uncatalogued okay he's probably got I want to say pretty pretty similar maybe he's got about 10,000 comics okay Um, in, in the recent years the past say six or seven years I've been buying quite a bit more than he does uh-huh. um, just because I've had the space in the, where he lived in an apartment for quite some time. He didn't have the space for it. Right. So collectively, I, rough estimate, 25,000 comics. That's quite a number of comics. Uh, and do you guys hit the shows together and stuff like that? or? We, we do. Um he he's in Delaware and I'm in, in Massachusetts. Okay. Um, and I go to the local shows up here, and he's been with me. But for the last five or six years, we've been going to the Baltimore Comic Con together. Um, myself, my brother, and a couple friends. We get a hotel room. Uh-huh. We stay in Baltimore for three days, and we get signatures. And it's you know we there's friends down there we it's 3 days of nothing but eating sleeping and drinking comic books nice yeah i've always wanted to hit that one because that's probably the biggest definitely on the east coast that's the biggest but most accessible if you know what i mean like new york comic con you know you're going to you might talk to a guy in artist alley but unless you wait all day you're not getting a signature from uh, you know scott snyder or dan slott or whatever it is you know the the bigger names uh, and then I know Boston, they had one in August, or was it August, right? The end of August? Yep. August, yep. And that one can get pretty big, too, from what I've seen. Uh, so the Baltimore one's one I've always coveted, wanted to go check out. I'm, I, I'm, that's cool that you even take a whole trip yeah. uh, down there to make a thing out of it. So does your brother just stay at his place, or does he get into the hotel also? No, we all, we, we split hotel rooms. I'm curious, and... okay. <laughs> no. It's about an hour from where he lives. Um, so right. we spent the whole weekend in Baltimore together. I think that's but, terrific. Uh, that you Baltimore guys... and Rhode Island, um, not Rhode Island, Connecticut, Terrificon. Oh, right, the yeah. Two, they're the two shows that are all about comic books. Sure, they have vendors that are selling all kinds of other stuff. Of course. But the guests, the... The themes are, it's focused on comics and not 12 different kinds of entertainment, which isn't good or bad, but if you want a comic show, yeah, those are the two best on the East Coast. 
northern east coast heroes con i think is wonderful too but i've never been yeah i mean there there are also a lot of smaller ones throughout new jersey and whatever and I, i've never been to a lot of these uh littler ones but i will i've been to new york comic con a bunch of times and uh you know if for buying comics it's not the best it's <laughs> quite yeah. Quite a big mess. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people jockeying for position. You'll probably find every comic that you want, but you, you know there won't be any real deals or you know anything too incredible. But uh, my brother was just at New York Comic Con with his friend, uh-huh. and it's the first time they had gone. So I can't wait to hear in person what they thought of it. I mean, he sent me lots of pictures and we talked, but I'm looking forward to hearing the stories about. Excuse me, their trip to it. It's definitely something. I'll tell you. You know, I've been, I've been to, and now it's actually now that I think about it. I've been to a few conventions. I've been to the San Diego uh, oh, Comic Con wow. and uh, New York. I went to a bunch of times, and uh, I was supposed to go to Boston this year, and I, I couldn't make it. Uh, but I got to say, New York Comic Con is probably the, it's probably the biggest spectacle, but it's the least pure comics content, you know, it really, you know, it's just so much going on. It's everything. Sure. I'm sure your brother will tell you all about it when you, uh, when you see him next. How often do you see your brother or do you guys talk a lot or? Oh yeah. We talk all the time. We, we, we chat. We even have a, uh, me and his buddies have a group chat on, uh, Gmail. Nice. Um, we talk comics every day. We'll send each other Twitter links and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a daily thing in my life to talk to him about comics and, you know, our buddies and stuff. Now, how does the rest of your family feel about your comics collecting and enthusiasm? The, I think because it was so normal that they, they think it's fine. The, the one thing my, both my parents are disappointed about is that I haven't read a, a book probably in two years now uh-huh. it's all like, so, so that disappoints them but the actual collecting of comics they don't say you know what are you going to do with all these comics when are you going to sell them right it's just a thing that's part of our lives and has been for you know better off for 30 plus years wow that's uh that's similar, I think, to my situation. Also, it's comics were so normalized early on that it's never a question of whether whether I'm going to turn it into mm-hmm. you know, a massive profit thing. Although I don't have nearly the single issue comics collections that I think most people have, but uh, that's never a question. It, but definitely, I think that uh, my parents, especially my mother, who isn't really too enthusiastic about comics, thinks I'm sort of a goofball for reading them. Yeah, but they try, and I do appreciate you know when they try to meet you halfway. You know, I talked with Chris a little bit about people's tendency that don't really know about collecting to just see a collection and immediately think of the money value. Uh, yeah, but that's not that's not nearly the reason for collecting. I think for almost anybody, you know, uh, you you I, you would collect a certain spectrum of comics, right? Yeah, I. So if I tell my friends I'm a comic collector, the first thing they say is, oh, you, you got anything valuable? And yeah. I don't think I really do. I mean, I might have a couple good comics here and there. I collect the things that I want to read and I'm interested in reading. Um, if somebody says, oh, this was really good, I will look for that. 
your show has influenced a lot of the stuff I've bought at cons in the last oh, couple of years. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, like, or say, example, Chris and uh, Chris Bailey's Moratory Mondays they're doing now. Yeah. I had passed that comic book by in dollar bins for years. Uh huh. They started talking about how, how amazing it is, and I'm like, all right, just check it out. So sure. I bought a few issues, and it's it's really good. It is good, yeah. So, so now I'll go back and try and find the the next few issues cheap kind of thing. For readers, it's it's a great situation. Uh, I guess it depends where you're living. If the if you have a comic shop with a dollar bin near you, but you can really get some you know great books and for really cheap. Uh, still, it's still kind of a an achievable collecting. Thing, whereas you're not going to find the most expensive books, but you're going to find worthwhile books to read and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Twitter's a big influence too. I follow a lot of a lot of comics people on Twitter, and somebody will post something. And I'm like, oh, that looks like something I might like, and I'll I'll look for it. So that I look for things I want to read. Sure, and I'm, I'm glad you're still finding them. Quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it sounds to me like you dropped out of comics for a little while at age, right at age 15, 16. Uh, a little older. It was, it was around junior and senior year of high school. Right, 17, yeah, 18. Yeah. Uh, which I assume was for the usual reasons many of us do, and that was, you know, you got interested in other more adult pursuits for a little while or whatever it was and wanted yeah. to spend your money elsewhere. Sure. I, I, you know, it's the first part-time job, and I was spending more time hanging out with friends and goofing off and, you know, that kind of thing. And it, I didn't consciously say I don't want to read comics, but it was like I just kind of didn't have time for it. There was a lot of homework and getting ready for college and right. that kind of thing. And, you know, I, I wanted to spend my money on a, a T-shirt or something like that instead of Superman comic. Yeah, and I, I think this, I'm, I had virtually the same situation. Although I think I did actually like make a decision, and it was because of the image guys at the time taking over kind of the visual, uh, you know, the visual aspect of all comics. Everyone was trying to ape Liefeld and Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane. And even yeah. though looking back, I don't know why I'm making this about me all of a sudden, but looking back. Uh, even though I did really respect that artwork, it really annoyed me that everything was going that way. And there were a lot of, to my mind, even at this stupid young age, there were storytelling problems that were just really evident throughout these books. And uh, oh, But also, it also coincided with me being about 16 or, you know, whatever it was. And uh, I had other things I wanted to get interested in. Uh, I'm wondering what brought you back. So when I, when I was in college, uh, I went to the University of Massachusetts, and in the student union on Fridays, different vendors would set up tables to sell things. Uh-huh. It was payday for all the students, so there would be people selling T-shirts and posters, and the comic shop set up a table. So I'd walk by, and I'd look at his stuff and think, Oh, you know, I remember reading something like that, or that looks goofy. But it, what really brought me back was when um, the Frank Miller, John Romita, Daredevil Man Without Fear prestige miniseries came oh, out. Oh, yeah, that was a great one, sure. 
I had I had loved um, John Romita Jr.'s run on Daredevil from years prior, and I saw that and I'm like, oh, that looks good. I'd like to read that. And the, the speculator bubble it was either still going on or it burst. But I thought I'm going to buy a couple issues of those yeah. to hold. And that was like the first time I actually thought to myself of buying more than one copy hmm. of something. Interesting. But I loved that miniseries. It was so good. Yeah. And from there, I just kind of fell back into looking at some of the titles that I used to read, like Spider-Man and stuff. But I also got into some of the image guys. I got into Spawn. Uh-huh. I got into Wetworks as difficult as it was to get into Wetworks. <laughs> Coming out every six months or whatever it was. And then when I met my now wife, it was kind of something we did together a little bit too. We'd go out to the comic shop, get the couple comics I had on the pull list, and she'd look at them. So she started kind of reading X-Men at the time. Interesting. And that, you know, then she read Nightwing. And... She read comics with me for a while, so it was something I did with her for a few years. Huh. Um, she got a little bored with it. She got pissed off at um, the uh, Frank Miller, Batman, and Robin that never ended. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was for her. Well, uh, you know, you got to you gotta uh, take that like a, a bad movie. You know, that's sort of like a robot monster or something. It's uh, yeah. so bad it's good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but but that's how I got back in. It was that Daredevil miniseries, and you know, it was it was so wonderful. I, I think I probably reread that thing, oh, five or six times when it came out. Just you know, the new issue couldn't wait for it. it. I just loved it so much. And that was sort of the basis for the Netflix Daredevil series. I don't know if you saw it, but a lot of that, or at least the first season, was really based heavily on that miniseries, uh, yeah, visually and stuff. So that was cool. That first season, I thought, was the the best ones of the ones that they did on Netflix. I agree, yeah. that's. Uh, I, I, I didn't end up watching every last episode of everything, but it kind of petered out because it, the whole thing sort of petered out for me. Uh, the fact that your wife collected comics with you, I think, is fascinating. Uh, and she didn't read comics before she met you? She not... Really, she right. had some Thundercats comics when she was a kid. Um, and I don't know the story of how she got them, but no, she didn't. She didn't read comics before me. Uh-huh. She she was an art major, um, so that was some of what drew her to it. I think. Right. Um, was the different art and things like that. She did like Jim Lee and. You know, the other one she loved a lot was um, Strangers in Paradise, Terry Moore's book. Yep. Um, that was a great one. Yeah. So she, it, no, she she just did it, it. It was something to do together kind of thing. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something in you that sort of turns these into group endeavors. Because um, th- this is my case. I think this is true for a lot of people that get into collecting comics or like I say even collecting anything is that it truly never really even occurred to me to talk to anyone else about my love of comics until like 10 or 15 years ago it just never it just never occurred to me 
to even do that. And I really never knew anybody that uh, collected comics or even at least was into the uh, breadth of comics history that I always liked, you know, since I was a kid. I, I had no one. It was all very solitary. Uh, I know for Chris, it's a very solitary pursuit. I know for a lot of other collectors, they're sort of in a void or that the Internet has introduced them to, uh, you know, other people out there with the same likes, and that's really the first time. Uh, yep. But with you, it's been a series of pals to <laughs> collect with, you know? <laughs> I, I actually always thought of it as being very solitary uh-huh. because my, except for one young guy that was my brother's age in our church that also collected comics, my brother and I growing up never had friends who collected, or at least we didn't know they did. Right. Um, and we didn't talk about it with anyone else and other than, you know, we would show a family member a comic or something. So we, the two of us didn't have friends until we were much older Yeah, um, that got into comics. And my brother, he managed the comic shop in his area for a while and met a lot of the people he's now friends with. Sure. And I'm friends with too. Um, but I agree with the solitary nature of it because except for my brother and I, which we did it together, we didn't have friends who read comics or anything like that. And, you know, as you mentioned, even though you and your brother were collecting comics and you read some of the same ones, you also had your own private pull lists that sort of, I mean, in general, reading is sort of a one-person thing to do, I guess, you know, or, you know, maybe you can read aloud and show off the pictures or something like that with each other, but it doesn't usually work out that way. So, uh, but I I really find it interesting that you got your wife into doing it because I can tell you that there are, uh, plenty of husbands listening right now just wondering how you did that, how that <laughs> happened. Uh, I couldn't get my wife to look. Actually, that's not true. She has looked at some comics, but she she does not, you know, nearly have the interest. And in that that's that's okay. It's not a uh, a requisite that everyone likes these things. But it's just sure. she could care less, and she definitely could see me pare down my uh, book collection. I'll tell yeah, you that. I- <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that is true. Do you, you, you get some of that commentary from uh, within? Uh, uh, to a certain extent, yeah. It's it really it's it's only come up in the last few months, and I've decided to cut back on one of my the new comics I buy. Sure. Because it it is it has become a bit much. Yeah. You can you can only. I mean, it's, it's you're like a goldfish. I only have so much space. Sure. If I want to keep buying old issues of Chamber of Horrors and things like that, then something has to go on the other end, you know? Yeah, and then you make it's funny because then the paring down, that's a whole part of collecting. And, you know, it's really time, money, and space. And, you know, each one of those things juggling mm-hmm. for importance at all times. Uh, I mean, coming from New York, where space is really at a strong premium, not that it's a Wildly different in Massachusetts here, but it is it is a little bit different. Uh, sure, you just end up you know bidding half your collection every every year, every other year, or something like that. It's just not uh, not possible to have all these things uh, at the same time. But I'm going to address that I think in a future episode. I, I've got uh, someone in mind for the space, 
the space discussion. But this was really eye-opening, uh, talking to you about collecting with your brother and with friends and with your wife. That was surprising. Uh, I think this must mean you're a pretty nice guy. I, I, I like to think so, Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I certainly think so. And uh, I certainly do appreciate you giving me this time to... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to have been on here. This is my first podcast. And uh, I was very much looking forward to it when you mentioned it. Oh, goodness. Guys, you should, you should be on a podcast if not hosting your own. Uh, I tell everyone listening again... That comics, comics, comics dot blog is one of the greatest reflections on comics uh, out there, you know, and it's uh, it's got quality, not quantity of posts, but it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, and like I say, a lot of it is your your own recollections again. So it's uh, see see what will resonate with you over there. The best URL, comics, comics, comics dot blog. Really, it's. Uh, you know, everyone is clamoring for they. They wish they had thought of that one, but they didn't. You got it. <laughs> so, uh, so I, th- I think that that'll about wrap us up for this discussion. Do you have any other uh, revelations you want to share with the people? No, I, I don't think I have anything worth shattering at this time, Reggie. Well, thank you very much, Jeremiah. I had a great time talking to you and learning about your uh, collective collecting. Uh, and you know, we'll talk again in the future. Great. I had a lot of fun. All right. Take care. Thank you. Really has a wide, uh, you know, he he has a a big appreciation for a wide variety of comics. So, you know, but still, even then, uh, there's his brother targeting the comics that he is not. And uh, that sort of, I think, says a lot for just the art, the art of collecting and the act of doing it and what this means. It's a, it's a personal thing. You know, this is something that we do uh, for our own reasons and for our own pleasures. Is that how I should say it? Pleasures, plural. I think that's how I think that was grammatically correct. Uh, I'd love to hear your stories though. And I'm just, I'm getting a lot of great feedback and there's still many of you I have to get back to uh, about collecting. Everyone's got their, uh, interesting stories about you know how they got into it or how they st- executed today, but I, I still want to hear more. Uh, I'm going to probably do an episode where I read a bunch of uh, these stories on uh, you know to everyone at large. So you know keep them coming, and I, I will definitely uh, pick the ones that, that I think will fit that episode. You can write to me personally at uh, reggiereggie at gmail dot com, or you can write to chrisandreggie.com at weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com uh, every other Wednesday that I'm not, the Wednesdays I'm not doing this show, don't forget to listen in find Chris doing Chris's Infinite Earths his show where he talks about his life collecting comics and uh, you know he really ties it into moments of his life where these certain issues or certain uh, moments were meaningful to him and, uh, yeah, I think that's basically it. I'm on Twitter at Reggie Reggie. Uh, the whole thing's on Twitter at Cosmic T-Mill. Don't forget Cosmic Treadmill episodes on Sunday mornings. We will have a new one this Sunday, I promise. And uh, thanks for listening, folks. I still want to hear more, so please hit me up on any of those channels or other channels I may not have mentioned. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys have a great 
day, into the weekend, and on to the rest of your lives. <laughs>